This is an AMI podcast. Guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Saturday. It's the 18th of November, 2023. It's time for the Double Tap Express. Park, park. Coming up today, news from Vespero, Humane AI Reaction, and Mobile Syrup's Patrick O'Rourke. You're listening to Double Tap Express. Your weekly roundup of what's happening on Double Tap this week. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how's your week been? Ah, eventful, Stephen Scott. Just from the show point of view, wow, it's been jam-packed. It absolutely has. And uh, we're going to dive right in because we don't get a lot of time to talk between you and I on the Express. Nope. There's just too much to play in. But uh, coming up, we are going to hear from uh, Patrick O'Rourke, who's been talking to Mark Aflalo over on his Your Tech Report podcast. All about the very latest on M3 and M3 Pro and the whole MacBook conversation, which should we upgrade to? Interesting chat on the way. Plus, Mike Calvo caused quite a conversation here on Double Tap Friday when we talked to him about his reaction to Humane AI PIN, uh, the launch of that, and the lack of mention of accessibility and disability in the launch. So we're going to hear from Mike once again today here on the Double Tap Express for those who missed it. And coming up in a moment, we're going to be joined by Ryan Jones, who's here to tell us what happens next after Vespero's next big thing contest. But first, before all that, Grace Scofield's here with the Double Tap News. Thanks, guys. Be My Eyes is once again in the headlines after announcing that it has developed a new AI customer support service for blind people through its partnership with Microsoft. Their cutting-edge tool, Be My AI, uses OpenAI's GPT-4 vision model to offer vivid image descriptions and resolve customer service inquiries with a high degree of success. The AI tool has not only proven itself to resolve 90% of calls without human intervention, but also significantly reduces the time taken to handle calls, meaning that users can now get their Microsoft issues resolved using AI rather than holding to speak to an agent. Recently, we have been testing Be My AI with Microsoft. Where Be My AI was implemented in Microsoft customer service experiences to handle all types of requests without human assistance. It yielded stunning results. Over 90% calls resolved without any human intervention. 68% reduction in call handling times. The service is now available globally via Microsoft's Disability Answer Desk. Staying with Microsoft and their annual developer conference, Ignite. It kicked off this week with a big focus on, you guessed it, AI. The biggest announcements from the event include the rebranding of Bing Chat to Copilot, the official launch of Microsoft Loop, a productivity and collaboration app, which lets you create collaborative workspaces and pages to better work together from anywhere. Also, they introduced their own AI processors. The new CPUs are designed for cloud workloads and will soon be rolling out to their Azure data centers and possibly even to Surface hardware next year, too. TuneIn has announced a new integration with HumanWare to deliver accessible and inclusive listening experiences for blind people. Driven in part by increased customer requests, TuneIn is now available in HumanWare's latest digital media audio player, the Victor Reader Stream 3, and provides access to TuneIn's extensive catalogue of music, live sports, 
podcasts, commercial-free news, and much more in an accessible format. There are voices within the disability community who are expressing concern over Humane Inc.'s recent unveiling of their AI PIN. Originating from a San Francisco-based AI firm created by ex-Apple employees, the AI PIN is a small device, similar to the size of a cookie, that fixes to clothing like a lapel through a magnet and boasts a built-in camera for data capture. As a wearable AI assistant, the device is engineered to undertake numerous functions similar to those of current smartphones and smart speakers, hinting at a shift to a future beyond smartphones. While the launch has sparked considerable enthusiasm and aligns with a growing trend to prioritize AI within new products, concerns have been raised by the disability community. Critics point out that the company's failure to address the device's accessibility for disabled individuals reflects an oversight towards a significant demographic, which numbers approximately 1 billion globally. One such voice is the CEO of NUMA Solutions, Mike Calvo, who shared his thoughts on Double Tap on Friday. As a child of the 80s, it brings me back to the words of one Alanis Borset, and that is, isn't it ironic? You know, this company that calls itself humane. And last time I checked, I am a human. And I am a human with green dollars to spend on their humane product. Yet I was not included in any, not even the merest of just kind of declarations of, hey, blind people, we didn't have the time or the energy or the desire to put you front and center here. But if you want to know what we do for blind people, go to our website, which is totally inaccessible, by the way. Dude, it's 2023. What the hell? It's 2023 and... Read the room, bro. Where are we? Who are you talking to? What have you done in your past? It's like me coming out with a product tomorrow and making and and knowing and just totally turning my back on our community and nothing. When I've dedicated the last almost three decades of my life to doing accessibility. The winner of Freedom Scientific's Next Big Thing contest has been announced as Abby Duffy, who suggested that AI image descriptions be built into the JAWS screen reader. Freedom Scientific launched the contest back in September to crowdsource new features for their renowned software products JAWS and ZoomText. Finalists' ideas included creating a JAWS gym to help people get to know the numerous keyboard shortcuts within JAWS, and a cool idea to give you paragraph previews of documents, websites, and more without having to open the item up. But the winner was Abby, who explained the reasoning behind her idea to judges on the evening of the contest. So I am in college. I do a lot of like homework and a lot of things on the on the web and a lot of different things along those sorts. So my entire concept surrounds the images that are out there that don't have any alt text, I, whether it's an image that's generated by using a website or an image that's just been there and no one's chosen to spend the time to make the alt text. My idea is using AI somehow within JAWS to do some sort of surface level recognition of what that image is. A blind developer is working on a new project to develop a third-party screen reader for the Mac, similar to NVDA for Windows. Joao Santos, who is from Portugal, is currently creating a new software, as he feels there has been a general neglect of macOS accessibility from Apple for some time. 
Writing in a blog post on Apple Viz, Santos says the project, called Vosh, which is a contraction between Vision and Macintosh, is still very much in its infancy. However, he is keen to get the word out to the community on its progress. Cameron Cundiff, a self-proclaimed accessibility nerd, has built a Google Chrome extension that, with one click, returns a detailed description of any image. He posted the proof of the concept on YouTube, following OpenAI's announcements last week. So I stood up a little Chrome extension that allows you to click describe image in a context menu and sends it to the API for a description. And within a couple of seconds, the image shows a flat brimmed baseball cap with a heather gray texture. On the front of the cap, there's a square leather-like patch with the words new kid stamped or embossed on it. The cap is placed on a wooden surface with some decorative patterns, which could possibly suggest it is on top of a wooden table or crate. I have shivers right now. I can't tell you how cool this is. Users can sign up to get in on the beta test. Check out his YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash at A11YNERD. AbilityNet TechShare Pro is Europe's largest gathering of accessibility and inclusion professionals and their allies and has just wrapped up in London this week. It features speakers and contributions from a huge range of experts, including business, disability, accessibility, government, charities, and many more. Key themes for 2023 included AI and accessibility, media representation of disability, and hands-on product demonstrations. AbilityNet's head of marketing and communications, Mark Walker, told DoubleTap it was another big year, in part because of the new dawn of AI. We had Microsoft there as well talking about Copilot. I think, you know, in, in six months' time, a conversation that you and I would be having in this topic will naturally lead to Copilot. It's going to be a transformational tool. If you think about the number of desktops that have got Office on them, it'll help us do stuff. That's the sort of language is just becoming to come out. And, and that will be incredibly powerful for people with disabilities for 101 reasons. And that's where technology is taking us next, I think, particularly AI. And that's the Double Tap News for this week. I'm Grace Scofield. Thank you, Grace. Another busy week, Sean, as always, in the news. We'll digest all of that and get into more of those stories next week. We haven't even talked about Microsoft Ignite yet. Oh, I mean, it's a huge story this week. We'll get to it. Um, I want to move on, though, because uh, we heard uh, just uh, in that uh, conversation uh, with Grace and in the news, of course, with Grace, uh, the latest on Vespero and their next big thing contest, which of course took place. We had from Abby Duffy, the winner. But the question is, what happens next? When will Abby's feature be implemented? And what happens to the other ideas that were put forward? Well, with us now is Ryan Jones, back with us again here on Double Tap Express today to uh, tell us all about uh, the next steps from the next big thing. Ryan Jones, VP of Software at Vespero. Great to have you here on Double Tap once again. All right. Thank you, Stephen. Appreciate it. Uh, great to have you back on. Uh, so, you know, I stayed up late, uh, did my duty uh, for for my country and my planet uh, and sat up and watched the event. The next big thing contest kind of really pulled me in because I really wanted to know what the uh, the, the three finalists were suggesting, you know, see what the, the different options were. And there were some really interesting ideas uh, that came out of it. I have to say a lot of thought went into those submissions. I think you would agree. Absolutely. Uh, the, the, the three finalists, they, and they were all three different ideas. They, they were really not similar at all. And, and so I think the diversity of the ideas 
brought some really great discussion for our judges and, and hopefully to folks who have watched the event or will watch the event at later times. But I, I really enjoyed hearing from them and, and they clearly had put a lot of work and effort into this. And the winner, of course, became uh, Abby Duffy uh, with her suggestion of AI image generation. I've got to say, as soon as I heard the three finalists in my mind, I thought that's got to be the winner. Now, I don't know if that was just because that's what I wanted. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> right. it was. But I, I genuinely thought this is such a good idea. I, not that the other two were not, because I thought the Jaws Jim idea was brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. And, you know, the whole paragraph preview idea, kind of ingenious as well, right? I mean, these were good ideas. Can't you just put them all in and just, you know, okay, give the money to Abby, that's fine. But can you not just put them all in? <laughs> you know, I mean, the, at the end of the day, part of the reason for this is we just wanted a really structured way to hear from people about what they like to see. And so we've always said the whole time, any of the ideas that we get are fair game that we may be able to do. And and that doesn't change for these three finalists as well. I mean, the, the 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 paragraph preview has a really good use case, a lot of productivity enhancements with it, and the Jaws Gem idea really helps solve challenges that people have around learning Jaws, whether it's a student, whether it's an adult, doesn't matter. Like there's there's great things in all of those. So if if it were just up to me. We would have all three of them done. We'll see what time and resources allow us to do. But don't be shocked if you see other of these things start to sneak into our products as we go over the next year or more. Oh, yeah, definitely. We hope so with some of those ideas. They were great. And I was saying, I think this is a real interesting way of getting those ideas together. Um, is this something you're going to repeat, do you think? Our plan right now is, yes, we would love to see this an annual thing. I, I think it was well-received. We, we had great participation this year. So I fully expect that we will be doing this again a year from now. And again, it's just a way to engage everyone. You know, we, we have an email address set up for people to send us software suggestions, software suggestions at vispera.com. Roxana Fisher, our product manager, and I review that. But this is way more fun, right, than just sending an email. And this yes. is more fun for us, too. And it, it draws in everyone. We wanted to hear, we want to hear feedback from people. And that's partly why we wanted to do the audience voting, which would, there was a clear winner there of the AI image description. So we, 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 we don't want this just to be us deciding in a vacuum what we do and don't do. We want the community at large to be helping decide the direction of our products. This has created conversation in the community. And is that something else you're interested in? Because on social media, there's lots of talk about this, uh, the idea that Abby Duffy put forward. Some people are, are for it. Some people are saying, yeah, I'm not sure if this is the best thing or, you know, is this going to work or, you know, how, how will this work and all of that? It's actually creating a conversation. Is that is that good? That's what we want. We want conversation. And And when I took over this role a little over a year ago to lead this group, that was one of my goals is to generate conversation because conversation can be difficult sometimes and that's okay tension is okay we need tension we need people pushing and pulling on us as a company to deliver the right things to our users and so i'm fine with conversation assuming it's humane and in good spirit but conversation is okay and and i fully expect that and it, it just helps us all move forward together is what we really want yeah, I, I was, I'll I put my hands up. I was slightly surprised um, by your choice for the winner there, purely because, you know, there's been so much talk about AI. And um, I thought Abby's presentation 
by the way, about her reasoning behind it and her her, um, her talk about her experience at college and trying to um, decipher graphs and charts and images like that was fantastic. Um, but to be quite honest with you, I, I, I was quite surprised because I thought this would be something that was in your roadmap for something like Picture Smart. Yeah, and and you know, part of our roadmap is is always changing, and there's no question that we've we've been looking at a variety of things in our roadmap and how we deliver them, and certainly leveraging AI is one of the things we've spent a lot of effort at looking uh, over the last months, and and we already have some things in progress uh, in, that I can't really share with, but I, I think some of those things will come to fruition over the next year. Certainly, one of the barriers that we've all faced, and, and me as a Jaws user as well, is images, and whether it's charts, whether it's graphs, whether it's screenshots, whether it's presentational things, PowerPoints, whatever it may be, it's a common challenge that we face, and so. Picture Smart has been around for several years. It's certainly something that we we want to improve on, and, and AI helps us do that. And how that will exactly look, it's hard to say yet. But it's even even outside of this contest, this was something we thought would be a right thing to look at. Now, that's not to say that the other things we hadn't really thought about as well. It's, but really, what this contest did is it helped bring some solidity for us. It brings some unification around uh, validating some of the things that we think. And then again, just bringing up new things that we've never thought about. There were plenty of submissions um, that things that we never had thought about at all. And, and that's part of what we wanted to gather from this. Uh, a lot of people wondering, you know, if you bring in AI, like uh, the way that Abby was suggesting. So we bring in AI to create images. And I saw some comments online and it's an interesting point. Uh, you know who pays for that, right? Because that's not a free service. You can't just go off and get free image descriptions, or, or can you? Well, I mean, there's there's some different ways to go about it, but it, there certainly is a cost for us. I mean, it, even if you didn't take into effect the cost of the AI technology, there's research and development time for us. But that's mm. really no different, in my opinion, than a lot of the other services we use. So the picture smart feature that's already there in JAWS, that costs money for us. We don't pass that directly to the customer. There's that, you know, That's part of our cost as a company to doing business. Um, that you, There's quite a number of things actually in JAWS that directly cost us money to operate even outside of the maintenance of them. And, and, and we don't, we've never had the philosophy of sort of a pay as you go model like that for pay for feature use. And, and I don't expect that to change. So however, this, this works its way into our technology, you know, we'll work on how that cost is, is done, but you know, I don't expect at all that this is going to become a, you know, I have to sign up and pay an extra fee if I want to use the AI image descriptions. I, I don't anticipate it going in that direction because that's not in line with the way that our model has worked in the past with JAWS and the things that cost us money as a business to operate. And um, last time we spoke, Sean asked you about the implementation of this, and, and you said we're talking, you know, at that point you didn't know the winner. So you, you couldn't speak to any kind of time frame, but you did suggest months, maybe a year. Is that is that still in your thinking? It is. Yeah. I mean, I think we kind of have to see, 
there's there's a lot of unknowns in AI right now, and especially the landscape is changing so fast. And as I said, mm. we've been looking at this space for a while. Almost every week, we're finding some new model that's out there, or some new technique, or even new companies. You know, OpenAI just released a whole suite of new features just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Google has stuff on the horizon. There's the the pace of change. It's so fast. And frankly, it sort of scares us a little bit, to be honest, because something that we start working on today could be totally disrupted within a month or two. But at the same time, we also understand we can't just sit and wait for it all to shake out and become stable because it probably never will, at least not anytime soon, because there's so much interest in this area is in such a rapid pace of change. So we develop software and our mind thinking now is in an agile style, which just means you start on doing something and then you iterate and you make changes. You don't plan everything out from point A to point Z before you even start at point A. And that's really the way that we have to operate through this technology environment right now. So we're, we'll start down a path and we'll see where it leads. And and that helps us just be able to change our course. But it also means we can't predict exactly when everything will be ready and exactly when something will be available. Always good to have you on the show, Ryan. And you know I'm so glad you were able to come back on and tell us about the, the update following the next Big Thing contest. We look forward to the next one. And of course, more of Shark Vember as well which I have to say I rather enjoy, having watched my very first Sharknado movie, which was uh, <laughs> slightly more uh, disastrous. Seems pretty uh, intense, yes. Yes, <laughs> equally as intense. Um, no, it was uh, it was interesting to to learn about Shark Vember and your, your sort of daily, uh, you know, sort of showing people different commands and tools and, and functions of JAWS, which is always good. And I think it helps all of us just learn more about this this wonderful tool. Uh, that you guys create. So, you know, thank you again for coming back on. Come back soon. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. And stick around. Coming up next on Double Tap Express, we will be checking in with Mike Calvo following his reaction this week to the Humane AI pin launch. That on the way on Double Tap Express. Connect with the Double Tappers on social media now, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air, and on Mastodon at Double Tap. And another chance for you to hear our conversation today with Mike Calvo. He got in touch with us uh, following the uh, news that Humane had launched the AI pin. And he was rather disappointed, it's fair to say, Sean, uh, that they hadn't mentioned uh, accessibility. They hadn't mentioned disability in any way at all. We caught up with them in what was a frank, honest, and at times rather interesting and very passionate debate, which did include some rather naughty language, but all coming from a good place. So uh, we've beeped out the bad words, but, you know, just to make you aware of it. Um, But uh, here is Mike Calvo talking to us this week on Double Tap. Oh, hi. Uh, My name is Mike Calvo. I'm from Numa Solutions. We are a technology company that specializes in what we call accessible cloud solutions. It's a fancy way of saying solutions that uh, are available from the cloud that happen to be accessible. We provide a number of products, um, including a remote incident manager, RIM, which is an accessible uh, support and uh, training product. Uh, we provide uh, a number of other products. Scribe for Meetings, which is a remote uh, meeting platform accessibility thing. And uh, and uh, Scribe for Documents, which is an augmented document remediation product 
which uh, remediates any digital content into a number of accessible formats. So that's what we do. And that's where I'm from. And I am so happy to be here. Well, I'm so glad you are here, Mike, because lots to talk about. And of course, the big story of the week is Humane and the AI pin. And it was interesting because as soon as the announcement happened, it seemed there was a lot of excitement online, especially within the disability community, which is no great surprise at all. And in particular, amongst the blind community, but a lot of people saying, and you were included, saying, why was accessibility not mentioned? What's your what's your take on all of this? Well, you know, as a, as a child of the 80s, it brings me back to the words of one Alanis Morissette, and that is, isn't it ironic? <laughs> you know, this company that calls itself Humane. And last time I checked, I am a human. And I am a human with green dollars to spend on their humane product. Yet I was not included in any not even the merest of just kind of declarations of, hey, blind people, we didn't have the time or the energy or the desire to put you front and center here. But if you want to know what we do for blind people, go to our website, which is totally inaccessible, by the way. I'm insulted. And I think well, everybody that's listening to this should be as well. Well, Mike, there's no need to hold back. I mean, you know, just, just let know us you know. Are, I know you Brits are a lot more <laughs> laid back than we are. <laughs> Well, look, we've been talking about this, and I've seen a few people with that similar viewpoint. But what exactly are you? But are they from the United States? No, no, yes, yes, from the United States and all over, to be fair, to be fair. Um, What are you actually hurt by? Because that is a really strong statement that you're hurt by this, right? Yes, yes, I was. Yes, I was. Because, dude, it's 2023. What the hell? Yes. It's 2023, and... Read the room, bro. Where are we? Who are you talking to? What have you done in your past? It's like me coming out with a product tomorrow and making sh- and and knowing and just totally turning my back on our community and nothing. When I've dedicated the last almost three decades of my life to doing accessibility, look, I I, I hear you. I I hear what you're saying, but this is a day one announcement. This is my take on this. This is a day one. Oh, we're about to have a debate now, brother. Okay, no, go let's, ahead. let's debate it, right? Because look, this is. Oh no, no I mean, I, I'm I, with I, you on I this. I want it smile, to be accepted. The there, there, there's no way you're going to make me angry because you're on my team. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I I am with you on this. I want it to be accessible. I am so excited about this product and what its capabilities yes. are. I am not hurt that they didn't mention blind people or disabled people in the room. I'm not on that page because I believe that will come out. It doesn't hugely surprise me. Maybe I'm just, what is it they say, if it's internalized ableism? Uh, you just get what? used to the fact that you're second rate <laughs> oh, yeah, in society no, I, and, you know, you know I, the fact I, that we, I, we probably don't exist to these people most no, of the dude, time. No, dude, I get it. I, 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 and and, 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 and I, I feel the same way in many respects. I'm... I, I'm I'm sorry, I didn't let you finish. So go ahead and finish your No, statement. no, no, look, we're here to hear you. People have heard my view on this. I'm intrigued in what you think. I'm just, what I'm getting at here yeah. is that I think there's a, there's a, uh, the question ultimately is, should we allow for some patience here? We don't know their Why? take. 
on it. No, but hang on, we don't know their take yet. We don't know. This could be the most dude, accessible. If they had product. put that thing out, if they had put that thing out and not explained something to a sighted person, that sighted person would be saying, "Well, they never said how." Blah blah blah. I mean, I can't even imagine because you know, sighted people are never left out of the conversation. And I am not anti-sighted people. I'm just, I'm just anti-tone deaf. We're blind, right? Hmm. So we understand and we talk about it amongst ourselves and 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 say you know we we understand that we're kind of the the second person people think about or the third or the fourth but but i am a person that prefers looking at and and accepting people's ignorance as opposed to their stupidity i have made it my life's goal to separate ignorance from stupidity it's okay if i have to explain to an ignorant person that uh, you know, it's okay to refer to, did I watch that movie? Because they don't know, mm. you know, but if I had to explain that to a VR, to a, to a vision rehabilitation specialist, there's a difference. One is a stupid ass. The other one's just an ignorant person. You see what I'm saying? So I'm reading the room at the way that they should have read the room. What is a necessity to us is a luxury for the mainstream. The fact that you can talk to your phone and this and that. I mean, even things like, like, you know, like voice guidance on GPS, you know, it's a necessity for you and me. Turn that off and we're screwed. Sighted people like, yeah, well, you know, I could take it or leave it. I don't need to, you know, you understand? And I'm sick and tired of seeing that. I understand the whole kind of second class citizen type of mentality, but dude, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that. Why? It's not second class money. They're not going to give me a discount on the first day. They're not going to do anything. In fact, <laughs> I'm going to have to work harder to 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 acquire the same information as any sighted person is, and that's just not fair. I'm not saying, "Hey, and especially for you blind people, that that's not what I'm saying." But mention us. We don't exist in the world of this product launch, and that's insulting to me as a human being. That's insulting to me. I think that's the point I'm trying to get is is what part of this hurts you? Uh, it, I, I wouldn't be hurt until they say, which a couple of other companies have said before, yeah, you know what? We don't care. Yeah, I've um, been there. Yeah, I've seen that. Exactly. Now, when that is said, then I get hurt. Then there's something to fight about. Oh, then but it's gloss if off. I'm, if yeah. I'm simply, if accessibility isn't mentioned in marketing and PR, and again, it definitely should be, but if it isn't, I'm not particularly okay. Let's wait and see no, what the, no, what bro, the product is. It, you can't have it both ways. You can't say yeah, and it should be, and then go on and make your point. It's either you believe in it or you don't. It's that that's your being wishy washy now. Yeah, and that's, I, and that's I'm not good... attacking the host people. I'm just I'm debating. No, with no, no. I feel <laughs> no, free to friends. attack. I love you, man. <laughs> no, no, it should be in an ideal world. But likewise. What no, languages? Like, no, 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 like, no, 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 by your very definition, hurtful and disrespectful to that demographic. Dude, you can't if, hit every demographic, is what I'm saying. If 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 I was in, in and I can only pick up India, so I'm not picking on India, but India um, or China, which I know have a gazillion different dialects. Yes, right? 
if some very minor outlying dialogue, dialect that has like 2 million people got pissed off about that, I get it. But hello, there are hundreds of millions of us worldwide. Hello, there are billions of people with disabilities worldwide. To mention, to just be, to just not acknowledge anything because a product like this for a, a person with any disability, screw the blindness, for all kinds, people with the quadriplegics, paraplegics, people with speaking problems, with, with, with verbal problems, um, you know, uh, uh, augmented communication type device, all that, all of these different groups that are represented in the accessibility paradigm, right? For, to not mention us with something that has a, that that has literally changed mankind forever. AI will change this world. The future of humanity was was changed the day GPT hit the world stage. You know, at least I believe so. Let me ask you this because I, I want to dig into mm -hmm. this point about the uh, lack of mention of accessibility. My question to you is, it, it, because it feels to me like the, the response that I'm hearing from you and others in the disabled community who are going up, going up against Humane on this and saying this is a, a disgrace, you did not mention accessibility, you did, did not mention us. I would expect that reaction if Humane came out today and said, we're not building any accessibility into this. This is not a product for disabled people. I would expect your reaction at that stage. I haven't heard anything yet about Humane's response to this. I haven't heard Humane's view on accessibility on any level. Now, I get that's your point, but my point is, why are we jumping from zero to 100 because I think on the outrage yeah, scale when we don't know the question. answer yet. And I think it's because we're all sick and tired of being freaking sick and tired. Back in the good old days of Windows 95 and stuff, and you guys are way too young to remember that stuff. But when <laughs> they're, when they're uh, I'm assuming, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I, I, I wish but that was true. Back in the days of Windows 95, <laughs> when all we had was freaking MSAA, if we were lucky, and the blind community, mm. you know, we all basically had to talk on a damn, you know, can with a string because we were <laughs> what we called at Serotech the disenfranchised blind community, which means you you may have met one blind person as a blind person. You may have met one or two blind people in your life. You know, and you may or may not have clicked with them. They may or may not have been very strange or whatever. So you said, I'm never going to go around those damn people again, you know, or whatever. But you didn't have the <laughs> level of mentorship, the level of communication, the level of community that we have today. The recognizable collective us. Because at least before a sighted company, a sighted run company, well, we don't know how many of you blind people there are out there. Well, just get on the internet and look now, buddy. We come up in the world, haven't we? We've got a voice now. And that's the problem. And I'm sick and tired of being told to shut the up, sit down and wait my turn. I really am. I'm, I've been fighting this battle for accessibility for 25 years as a professional and for 55 years as a human. And, and I find it because you know what, man, if they're not saying anything in the advertising, it's because they didn't do anything in the research either. It, it sounds to me as if you don't feel the needle has moved much Absolutely at all not. in all Absolutely those decades. Not. The unemployment rate is still the same it was on the first day that we opened Serotech 22 years ago. 
if not, if anything, it's worse. You know, so, I mean, you know, technology is not the answer. Technology is part of the answer, but it's social ignorance that's the problem. And when we shut down or shut up and sit down and say, well, I'm used to being a second rate citizen, you know, I understand that's not a that's not a torch everybody needs to carry. And I'm certainly not advocating for that. You sit back and let me cover your ass. I got you. I'm not 100% in agreement with your approach on this. I think that this is too militant for me, but I 100% get it. But, but I do. I get it. I, I I get where you're coming from, and I don't disagree yeah. with you. I don't agree. I think I think we just have no, different that's why views we had on the Malcolm approach. Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. I mean, you know, they're, they're you know they're they're, yeah. they're 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 I'm a passionate Cuban guy from Miami. I mean, you know, that's where you know, and 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 I'm Latino, so we're passionate about everything. You know, ask my wife. <laughs> I'm 55 years old. I've said it a number of times, and that means that I'm old enough to be corrected. I'm old enough to say, you know what, I I I, I you know. I messed up. I goofed. I, I, I spoke before, you know, you, I didn't know you guys were going to launch a multi-million dollar accessibility campaign. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> because well, but, you've kind of, you've kind you of know, hit the nail could, on the head for me, wish, Mike. Right? That's, that's kind of what you've hit. You've hit the nail on the head for me. What if they come out tomorrow with a campaign that says, oh, by the way, we're going to do it. We're going to do a special launch one. all about disability. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just, I'm just asking the question. There was a guy in the Bible named Peter who was constantly saying stupid stuff, constantly. In fact, they used to say he had peppermint-flavored feet because he would always put them in his mouth. <laughs> like putting them in his mouth. I am that kind of... I, it, to me, it's not in the brain and out the mouth because I know exactly what I'm saying and I, and, I, and I stand behind every word I've said on this podcast and everything I've said publicly. However, if I am wrong, I do not believe I'm wrong, not because I want to be right, but because I've seen no evidence to the contrary. And my article's been out there for a while. Now, it's been out there for a few days. And believe me, if there was something for them to say, they would have said it. You know, it's not just sitting. I mean, yes, to a certain degree, it's sitting in the and you're not alone. Kind of blind people echo chamber. But it's, 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 it's in a lot of places now. Yeah, and, so and they, you're, not, you're not alone, Mike. Other people are saying this. You're not alone yeah, in this. They have. Yeah, so, so the thing is that they had an opportunity to say something... And the, 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 I hope this isn't considered ableist language, but the lack of, the lack of it is deafening. The lack of sound is deafening. And to me, but I'll be the first one if they came out and say, wow, man, you know, I was wrong. They, they, they do have a great accessibility, you know, plan for this thing. You know, they do have an idea and, and they were just late and, and hopefully we can avoid you know, the uh, the miscommunication next time. And you guys will understand that we're people too. And we get excited about the new shiny, shiny thing. And we want to play with it too. Okay, so I have another question. We're just invited to the sandbox. Yeah, I have another question about this because I, well, I watched the, the launch. I'm sure you did too. I did. And loved it. Very, very well put together. Very yeah. non-fluffy, very non-fluffy launch. It was very precise. But what I got from it was, and this is where my excitement came from, is that a lot of the conversation talked about, and, and I'm being a little bit blindy here because I was thinking about it rather selfishly for a minute or two, but I thought screenless, it's enabled by voice, by touch. Um, it's, you know, there's no screen requirement. Yeah, I know it's got the laser ink display if you want to use it, but what I don't know yet is how that how important that is. Um, 
But, you know, I, I felt there was a lot in that that told You're me this was... You're absolutely right. But, the, but, but yeah, but the, the point is that there was a lot in there that I thought told me that there was the potential for this to be a very accessible device. Just because something has the potential of being accessible, my friend, doesn't mean that it is. No screen reader, that's it, bro, you're dead. No screen reader, no function. It's a brand new operating system. It's not like they're using a repurposed version of Linux where they can throw TalkBack in there. It's not a. It's not an offshoot of iOS. It's something new, which means that they had to. That there was some. If they've got any form of even a rudimentary screen reader in there, somebody took the time. So where's the focus group? Where's the people in our community that can come to our community? Where is a true representation of us on that platform, us on that stage or in the process, that, or anyone with a disability for that matter? Because AI is the biggest advancement for anyone with a disability, and which, like I said, for us, necessity. For you guys, luxury. Why would you jump to a screen reader? Well, if this is a, because I'm a blind guy. Because it's a voice interface. It's a audio. It's a bit like a smart speaker. But right? you still need to flip around. You still get lists of things. You still get all kinds of stuff. You don't always want. It, it's got a touch screen. It's got multimodality. I, I happen to be the UX guy, so now you're now you're now, now you're in my domain. Because, exactly right. That's, yeah. And this is the power of AI. Why AI is so exciting? It's almost the power to do away with AI. If you tried the GPT four with that voice chat feature. It's absolutely I amazing. It. I know, I, I, I do. But the problem is that what if you're sitting in the movie theater with this thing? Or what if you're, you can't be talking to, you can't be whispering to, blah, 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 blah. you can't, you gotta be moving around. So the only way, how are we gonna navigate? Because obviously a sighted person can navigate. They demonstrated that, but they didn't demonstrate how you or I can navigate. They didn't say, and because I mean, literally, dude, it would take 30 seconds of that very well done, unfluffy, because I get it. They were trying to keep the hype down and they and they did a really good job at balancing sizzle with steak, you know? But, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. But, but yeah. they, but they, but they could have done. And for our friends with, you know, with disabilities, we haven't forgotten you. There's so many disability features that we can't demonstrate them here. But if you go to our website, you can check out this video or you could read this document or you could see, you understand, it doesn't, I don't want them to put up, you know, a beautiful blind person up there with a dog and their cane and their family. And that's not what I'm talking about. I don't want to be the center stage, the amazing person using the new AI. But I do want to be, but but there is a question that they could, there's a whole lot of dialogue that they could have avoided by simply taking 10 or 15 seconds and acknowledging an entire segment of the human f***ing race. Interesting thoughts, and I look forward to your thoughts as well. Uh, feedback at doubletaponair.com. This is Double Tap Express, and uh, we're moving on now because uh, we're going to hear from Mark Aflalo, of course, my co-host over on Access Tech Live. He also presents his own podcast called Your Tech Report, and recently Mark caught up with Patrick O'Rourke from Mobile Syrup magazine online to find out his thoughts on the latest MacBook Pros with those new M3 processors. They're trying to sell it during those presentations, right? And and that yeah. Apple event was a little bit different. It was in the evening. That's not something we we typically see. Um, and I think Apple knew that the benchmarks between the M2 Pro and the M3 Pro weren't going to be that significant. And based on what we've seen, like I, I haven't benchmarked an, an M3 Pro, um, but I have benchmarked an M3 Max versus uh, the M2 Max. 
And we've also seen like the M3 and the M2, obviously, comparison wise. And it's a bit of like the law of diminishing returns at play between the M3 yeah. and the M2. It's it's not that big. So it, from a marketing perspective, I get why Apple did that during the presentation. It's a it's a little sneaky. Um, but that's not to say that there aren't gains, right? They're, they are more powerful chips across the board. There's some things with memory bandwidth being a bit slower. That's a, a little bit over my head, but <laughs> it, it, there there are like they are a gain. That that's the the, the key thing that, that I'm taking away from it. My understanding with the memory bandwidth is that um, on the base eight gig machines, um, whereas the CPU itself offloads a lot of that work, um, the eight okay. gigs of RAM just isn't just enough to offload what it needs to in that in that short term memory. So it does bottleneck down the CPU. So they're saying that get the 16 gig and you'll be laughing, which is funny because I've got an M1 Mac mini, you know, that. Not Max, not Pro. It was one of the first that came out that I still have running this day to this day. And I'm editing 4K video on this thing without any issue, without any bottlenecks. So it's kind of funny to see people running these tests and benchmarks on the M3s that because when anybody asks me, I don't know, I'm sure you get the question all the time. What should I do? Should I upgrade? And I'm like, if you're if your computer's an M1 and it's working, forget about what's in there. Why would you spend any money? You know, yeah, unless you, there's you, something that's really bottlenecking down in what your workflow, right? You really don't need to upgrade from the M1 to, to the M3. I, I like. I think most people will even be able to wait till the M4, the M5. The M1 was just like such a big leap over what Intel was doing at the time, even in just in terms of like battery life. Like, it was night and yeah. day from using an Intel Mac to to an M1 Mac. For my purposes, like I have um, Apple sends me these things to try out, so I have the privilege of always having the latest and greatest. But I have like an M3 max uh, sorry an m1 max sitting in my closet behind me and i'd be more than happy to continue using that 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 remains overkill for my purposes which is like word processing some photo (laughs) editing a bit of video and a bit of audio like that thing's more than good enough and i think for most people like sure some people need the latest and greatest but it all comes down to what you're doing with the actual chip really the uh the new space black color is so funny because i love I, I even find myself walking into an Apple store going, do I need a new computer just because there's a new color out there? And it almost feels like it's it's like driving a brand name car. Like it's we have this and some people are a bit more overt with it. Some people aren't where they want the shiniest and greatest. And the only way to do that in the Apple world is to get whatever the new color might be so people could see that you're using it. Um, have you had experiences with that color uh, laptop yet? Have you actually tried it out? Yeah, I, I, I'm the type of person, and I think I've, I've said this before and I've been talking to you, where like, I really care about what a product looks like. like that, yeah. That's more just the way that I'm programmed, more what I'm into, more what I like to write about than the hardware inside it. So when I'm covering something like the M3 and have to do benchmarks and stuff, it's a little bit of torture for me because it's not <laughs> it's not my forte, so to speak. Um, but there is a paragraph in my story where, where I kind of wax poetic about the new um, space black color. I really like it. I've I've missed having a black MacBook since the one that was around in the 2000s with one of yes. the older models. Um, looks really sleek. I wouldn't necessarily call it black the way that Apple does. It's kind of a grayish color, like a dark space gray. Um, I was very amazed by the new coating on it that's, that uh, repels grease. Apple really doesn't want people to call it a coating. They want it to be called a seal, which is okay. interesting. <laughs> I, I don't really understand why or the difference between it, but that's that's the marketing that they're pushing. 
um, I it, it works quite well. Like when I was at the event, there's obviously people all over the place touching it. Everybody's got greasy fingers. That Mac remained extremely, extremely grease and, and smudge free. Um, and I was blown away by it. And then when I got it home, um, after talking about how great it is on, on Twitter and threads and, and whatnot, I like ran some experiments myself and it wasn't quite as good as what it looked like at the event. Oh, so I don't okay. know if Apple had someone there like constantly cleaning it or some sort of additional <laughs> coating on it. It didn't work quite as well. Like if I grab up, if I grab the M3 Max, like I'm, I'm doing this podcast with you on, um, and my hands are relatively clean, you won't really see that much yep. grease. But like in in day-to-day use, like I was at the, the mobile surf office last week and um, didn't have a case on the laptop, was just carrying it around to see what it would look like at the end of the day. It's still still a bit of a mess. Like it's it's not it's yep. not as good as it may have looked like at the the outset, but it's it's definitely a step in the right direction. And I hope Apple brings this crazy grease resistant technology to everything it releases yeah, down the line and nice. continues to improve on it so are we done for the holiday season you think with apple no more announcements before i think we're i think we're kind of set right hopefully yeah i i don't i don't see anything else coming like right before i got on the this pod with you um i was writing something about uh there's rumors from a reliable apple analyst that we'll see um new ipads in the new year but likely probably the air maybe the base level and then the ipad pro in q2 2024 but i think for for the foreseeable future, at least until after after the holidays and whatnot, we're we're not going to see anything major from got, Apple. Maybe like software updates, but but nothing significant on the hardware side. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because there was a, a story I was reading that Cred Federighi had kind of put the brakes on um, the next iOS. Um, I mean, eighteen at this point, um, in order to focus more on squashing bugs that exist in the current operating system. I found that kind of telling and kind of interesting that they were talking about this because normally you don't hear about this kind of stuff. It's just, you know, just happens. Um, but I think we've come to the point and tell me if you think, if you think I'm wrong, that software is really almost more important than the hardware these days because the hardware iterations aren't happening as fast as they used to and as impressive and as significant as they used to so software needs to be so polished in order to set the bar at a certain point and set it apart do you feel that it's that that's kind of the case hence stories like this i think you definitely see that on the iphone and the apple watch side like every year i'll review the new iphone and i'll review the new apple watch and a lot of those features that are coming to the latest device are also coming to, to earlier devices right like they're not tied to hardware in any intrinsic way um, the Apple Watch is a great example of this this year. Like if you if you're using a Series Nine or you're using a Series Eight, first of all, they look the same. I'm um, yeah. sure the Nine has the new chip, but they're both going to run Watch OS 10, so they're going to have the smart stack and all those cool new features. In many ways, Watch OS 10 makes your older Apple Watch, as long as it supports that operating system, feel like a new um, like a new device in some ways. And I think that based on that story, which I, I briefly looked at this morning. Um, I think you're going to start to see that with iOS, like maybe down the line after they get this very stable release, you'll start to see more significant additions to the operating system because at least I know new things get added every year, but at least for the last few years, iOS has felt very much kind of stagnant to some extent. There's nothing super exciting being added to it. Um, Yeah. So I definitely agree with you in that direction. 
what do you what do you think they need to do in terms of competing with Intel? Because Intel is said to be, you know, launching some pretty impressive chips. Um, of course, you know, compared to M1, we don't know what that's going to be, but that could bring Intel back into the conversation at least when it comes to you know competing with those lineup and bringing the price down and battery life, et cetera, et cetera. Is it a hardware thing? Do you think that Apple needs to do to to make sure they're ahead of the game, or just kind of keep doing what they're doing and ignore the competition? I think they should pay attention to what Intel's doing because I, I don't want to see Apple lose this gain. And I, and I also think it's great that Intel's releasing a, a chipset or a rumored to be a chipset that's going to be a pretty, pretty substantial leap because competition's good, right? Intel yeah. will push Apple to do new things. Apple will push Intel to do new things. I think that's what you're seeing right now. Um, I'll kind of believe it when I see it because <laughs> I've heard this before with Intel chips and our PC expert uh, on the mobile serve team kind of also doesn't totally believe it's going to happen. He's excited because he, he's like a Windows guy through and through, and he he really wants to see those battery life gains on, on Intel chips. Um, but yeah, I, I think that both companies kind of need to pay attention what the other is doing. Right now, Apple has the lead, and I think that's why we saw the M3s drop a little bit earlier than expected. A lot of people thought these wouldn't come out until the new year, and then all of a sudden, boom, we got all these M3 chips in this kind of surprise event. And I think to some extent that was Apple trying to to steal Intel's thunder with with the new chips that they're supposedly working on that will likely launch very early in the new year. Last week we saw the uh, the official introduction of this new humane pin. This new, uh, I mean, how do you describe this thing? It kind of looks like a a small matchbook with a magnetic battery that attaches behind your clothing with a bunch of sensors on board. Like It's like bringing the Star Trek communicator to life, a little bit bigger and bulkier. Um, what do you think this means for AI in general? And and we don't know, and none of us have had our time, I think, to touch it yet, right? Sure, so we yeah. really don't know what the experience is like. So this is truly just us kind of guessing here. But it looks promising, right? It looks kind of cool. It looks so this is the way I've been describing it. Like, it looks really cool. I would love to try one. I would love to spend a week messing around with one. I love lack of a better way to describe this, like silly tech gadgets like this. That's this is like what I live for. This is my bread and butter. I just don't see this appealing to a a wider audience at all in in any way. Um, I know that AI and like chat GPT and everything is being kind of positioned as the future of, of where tech is going. And a lot of different startups and companies are trying to find ways to meld that machine learning language stuff with hardware. And this is that latest effort. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to crap all, all over it cause I haven't used it, <laughs> but I just like the idea of putting something on my shirt, being able to talk to it, and like ask it questions, take photos. I, I would just rather use my phone. Like that's what I always come back to. Like I would yeah. rather just pop out my phone and look at it. I know there's the convenience factor. It might be the type of thing where like I need to try it and then I'm sold on the concept. Um, there, there's people on the mobile surf team that think this is the future. Like this is the future of of, of technology. We're not going to use smartphones anymore. This is this, this is the, the device. So I'm a little on the fence for Based on what I've seen, I, I don't see it yet, but it's the kind of thing that I would love to actually like get my hands on it and try and, yeah, just really, and see it's if it It's funny because, you know, 
the whole you know large language models and the chat gpt it, it it seems like it's a fad almost in one on one aspect of things but you see the potential there but as you Definitely. said i don't know if, if 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 this thing that i'm holding like a hard drive to my chest right this thing that i'm wearing all day long is the solution for it i already have a watch on i've already got this the phone in my pocket so i'm totally with you even like you know the meta frames for example you know if you've got a pair of glasses on that have the speakers everything kind of does what this is going to do so what can it possibly do differently especially when you're going to spend 600 for it and then 25 bucks a month um yeah i definitely want to get my hands on it as well um pat uh, patrick thank you so much for taking the time to join me um always fun to talk to you if we don't talk before the holidays have a great holiday season but i'm sure we'll talk before then you too thanks so much for the invite on the show and that's it for us today. Thank you to Marco Flalo and Patrick O'Rourke from Mobile Syrup. Always good to hear them and uh, lots to digest from that conversation as well. Goodness, I wish I could write in an email and have it read out on air. Maybe I should. <laughs> I might be the only chance I've got a chance to say anything. Uh, okay, we'll get to your comments, though, on all of this on Monday's episode of Double Tap. We are back, of course, on Monday. Don't forget over the weekend to check out all of our content online. You can find that at doubletaponair.com. And Sean, the holiday gift guide. More people constantly adding their ideas. I know. It's so good. It's given me so many ideas. Yeah, keep adding those gifts, people. I love it. This is going to get expensive for me. I I fear that. Uh, So, yeah, check the holiday gift guide out. Add your items to the list as well. You can do that by visiting doubletaponair.com. Follow us on social over the weekend as well. We'll be back on Monday. Sean, thank you. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.